Hello, everybody, and welcome to episode number 59 of On the Flank. I'm one of your hosts, John George, alongside Joe Kirkpatrick. Say hello, Joe. Hey, everybody. Joe, what a week. Oh, my goodness. What a week uh, we have had. If we, You mentioned it. If we had recorded this podcast just like 24 hours earlier, it would have been half the show that it it will be today. But man, what a week. <laughs> um, this off season is a wild ride, Joe. And I don't want to get Absolutely. off. And we're, we're only, what, two weeks into it? Something like that? Feels like. Yep. Yeah, I think, yeah, two or three weeks maybe. Um, but honestly, as a Gladiator fan, I'm not too upset. Not too upset by the results so far. But we'll get into that later. Because we, oh my, there are so many insane things happening. The first one is uh, a bad, uh, kind of bad thing for Gladiators. Is Roar, um, their main tank is over to Washington. The Washington Justice have picked up Roar who I thought was underwhelming, Joe, uh, as a, as a tank. He came in, um, he came in alongside decay, of course, uh, last season. And honestly, he didn't impress me as much as decay. Um, yeah, yeah, go ahead. I was going to say, yeah, I think that's fair. I mean, uh, uh, certainly, uh, for a gladiators team that having, uh, I don't think losing Fisher is, if I remember right, was an was an off season thing. I think that was even like a mid season th- or no, because it was because like he didn't play playoffs or something for Gladiators in season one. Yeah, but yeah. so, um, uh, but, but yeah, so going from a Gladiators team that um, obviously main tank with Fisher and then trying to bring in somebody to replace him, and so obviously that's it's pretty big shoes to fill. Um, <laughs> but, you know, he certainly did okay, um, and now he's I guess following his old. Uh, assistant coach i guess now to to washington yep john galt uh if you haven't heard that news john galt washington justice uh head coach uh, washington justice also picked up tuba uh from the bubble burster <laughs> the bubble burster gaming team of course everyone's <laughs> favorite team um, that's an awesome name <laughs> yeah uh they're in chinese could Korean contenders or China? I'm confused as to what contenders they're in. Uh, looks but, like Chinese. Yeah, I think Chinese yeah. contender. Yeah, China. It says their location is Korea, but their region is China. So that's why I'm confused. Um, yeah, so they're in Chinese contenders. I was going to say because I had not heard of them. In, wow. So in, Okay. So in the 2019 season one, they were in Korea. And then... 2019 season two they moved to china so they've always been korea until the most recent contender season they moved to china go figure yeah um, oh, it looks like young jin also formerly of uh, of bubble burster gaming oh wait i apologize that was tuba tuba used to be in <laughs> not not bubble burster gaming Tuba used to be in Contenders Korea on uh, separate teams. O2 Blast, MVP Space, um, oh, there you go. and Seven. And then he moved to Bubble Burster Gaming, who has probably always been in China, because um, I misread that. Uh, actually, yeah, they've only been in one season of Contenders Season 2. Actually, I think this is a different young gen. Uh, <laughs> I was on their... Uh, oh, yeah. Bubble Burster Gaming... Uh, 
former former players list or former manager looks like. Uh, but yeah, this is a different young gen, <laughs> not the uh, formerly Shanghai young gen. Both me and Joe misreading Liquipedia this morning. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> very, the podcast is us misreading Liquipedia <laughs> for an hour. This this is what happens when when Washington signs somebody nobody's or somebody nobody's ever heard of. Yeah. So. Yeah. Well, maybe it's, uh, I mean, no one else uh, on this team. I mean, they're all former players. I don't think this team is even ex- in existence anymore, Joe. Because, true, because yeah. literally on Liquipedia, everyone is listed as a former player, but none of them are in Overwatch League, but Tuba. Tuba did it. Um, well, the other thing is, uh, I see now that he's, um, uh, looks like primarily projectile DPS, according to, again, according to Liquipedia, but, um, Comparing that to like Corian Stratus, <laughs> that obviously, uh, you, you know, both really good flexible DPS in their own right. So it's interesting to see, or it will be interesting to see how, uh, if anything, he 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 fits into, you know, what's uh, already in place. Yeah. Um, so if you didn't know what the Washington Justice roster looks like now, uh, you got Corian Stratus as Joe just mentioned, DPS alongside Tuba. Uh, you still got Ark uh, as their lone support currently. You got uh, Elivode and Lulsish, their Swedish tank duo, alongside now Roar uh, as well. So they still have some roles to fill, uh, but they got a they got a nice seven man roster going. Uh, and of course, they lost uh, Sleepy. They lost Guido, um, Addo, Janus, a lot of lot of people that we talked about before. Uh, Washington. Uh, what what do you think? Let's just talk. Wash. Just a quick summary of Washington. What do you think about these two? I mean, we have, we know nothing about Tuba whatsoever, uh, or if he'll even play over Stratus and Corey, who are great. But what do you think about Roar? Um, uh, I, I mean, it's uh, I guess a, a question of Roar over um, <laughs> uh, over Elivo Lulsish, I guess, which we haven't obviously seen play. Um. It's super good on um, in EU. It's, it's the way I understand it, though. So I'm looking forward to watching some of their matches. Uh, looks like both of them came from Angry Titans primarily, but or uh, that's what they have in common in their past. Um, but that being said, I mean, uh, at, at various times, depending on the meta, we've seen teams um, go with uh, multiple tank lines uh, or, or rotation that way. I mean, particularly. Um, about this time last year, it was it was really good to have uh, uh, right initially pre goats. Uh, <laughs> it was it was really good that for teams to have um, uh, tank lines that could could flex from the Rhine's area and potentially a different roster or potentially a different um, a, p- a different pair for like a Winston Diva or something like that. Um, and obviously, we don't really see much of. Um, either of those two right now, lots of lots of resistance. But um, to to have that kind of flexibility, maybe they they come up with some kind of rotation. Um, you, you kind of have to imagine that your your two Swedes are gonna um, play together a lot of time. But to to have that flexibility, I think is it, it, it's I I can only assume is gonna be a good thing uh, yeah. for Washington. Yeah, I'm excited to see who they sign as their uh, other support to go along with Ark. Because if it's Korean, if it's if it's a Korean player, it feels more to me like Roar is going to be their their guy. But 
right now, I, I'm honestly tending to believe they're going to go more with Elevote, Lulsish, Tankline here because honestly, Roar doesn't impress me that much. Um, so we'll we'll see we'll see what the what the rest of the lineups looking like at the end of the off season before we jump to conclusions here. Um, but Joe, uh, the Houston Outlaws they're they're one of those teams that have apparently decided it's it's time for the 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 full DPS lineup. Um, that that they, they're going all in on DPS players. They already had Dante, Jake, and Linkser, but they said that wasn't enough. They said we need hydration from the Los Angeles Gladiators, and we need Blase from the Boston Uprising, who, by the way, have completely uh, blown up their lineup, which we'll talk about soon. Um, but yeah, what do you what do you take of uh, of uh, the Houston Outlaws picking up hydration and Blase? Hydration uh, towards the end of the season was more playing some tank rolls, honestly, um, over DPS. Uh, but Blase has mostly been DPS. Uh, what, who do you see, do you see them just, just mixing it up every game almost? Because these are all pretty evenly talented DPS players. Who do you see rising, rising to the top? Are they going to drop Jake links or what's going to happen? It's it's super interesting. I mean, um, I don't think, um, well, as I say that, I don't know. I was going to say, I don't think Jake and links are going anywhere necessarily. I, I mean, they have, um, I know this is sort of a tough or a touchy subject for fans of Dallas Fuel or fans of Mickey, uh, but to to an extent they fill sort of the role that uh, that Mickey arguably does for their organization of a, uh, good uh, good like figureheads and uh, symbolic players almost. Which again, that's uh, obviously Mickey is more than that too. But uh, but, but as far as like a, a for the for consistency of the roster, I'd be surprised uh, if uh, Jake and Links are winning anywhere necessarily. Um, that being said, they're at a 11 member roster, I believe. Yeah, 11 uh, sitting here. And yeah, in fact, Hydration and Blase are both listed as as flex here. But uh, uh, I think it's it would be uh, honestly probably a mistake by uh, some of the coaching staff here for. Uh, coach uh, Harsha, I guess now, uh, for for Houston mm-hmm. to, uh, to to not be able to use some of that flexibility that like hydration has on the tank role, for example, um, even with uh, Kumat and Muma, uh, who uh, obviously do do most of that for Houston. But uh, but, but yeah, I would be surprised if that doesn't um, uh, come in come into work for their favor. And I think in general. And obviously Dante has been there, um, but in general it was a lot of. Um, uh, what am I trying to say? Oh, there's, there's a lot of uh, until the addition of Dante, and then Dante played a lot, uh, but the the DPS wasn't very uh, super flexible for Houston, and, and so in, in that sense, it's good to be able to have more options, because um, uh, they, they've had they've had a lot, but it's it's more solid. Uh, kind of the way that needs to be now. Yeah. Um, I think I, I would be, I think hydration is mainly here to, to fill that flex role rather than DPS for sure. Uh, especially since I think that was one of Houston's biggest weaknesses, which I did not expect to be saying 
at, at the beginning of the year, I was like, cool, Matt's one of the best divas. Spree's one of the best Zarya's. Like, this is a good flex tank line, but they're just not, neither of them are too flexible when they, um, because neither of them can play Sigma too well or Sigma or Orisa because that's the, that, that, that ended up being the, the meta towards the end. Uh, and when there was no Diva or Zarya in the lineup, they kind of just fell flat because they didn't have someone who could who could fill that new flex role. Uh, hydration can do that. Uh, so Cool Matt Spree is not as flexible. Hydration, almost the opposite. Extremely flexible can can go on to. I think Houston has an issue with flexibility, honestly. Uh, I think Linkster is very good in sniper meta. Uh, I think Jake's very good at junk rat um like their team is just not is the opposite of flexible they're good at specific roles and specific styles and hydration is the complete opposite of the entire team um and same with dante i think dante super and blase all three of these players at the bottom of their lineup here on liquipedia are extremely flexible um so they need more they need more players like this especially when the meta is changing like crazy we don't know how often the meta is going to be changing this year but they need more plays like this for sure. So I think they're good pickups because uh, I don't know how often they can depend on Linkster and Jake who are very talented people, but only in specific metas. Uh, anything else to say about these Houston pickups? Of course, you mentioned Harsha, their new coach. Um, I don't think anything else has happened this offseason besides that. Uh, yeah, I think it's about it. Yeah. Um, and of course, that means Ty Rong. He tweeted this morning. There, that's their former head coach is looking for a new coaching role. Um, so he's he's trying he's trying to stay in Overwatch League. We'll see if he gets a spot. Um, but Boston, as I mentioned before, who uh, has has gifted Blase to Houston? Of course, not gifted. They probably got a little cash for that. Um, <laughs> Has also blown up their entire roster. They dropped Stellar, RCK, Kellex, Aim God, Alamo, and Persia. Uh, so I think their team's only three players now. It's Fusions is definitely one of them, Color Hex, and uh, Axiom. So uh, surprised by this at all? <laughs> I'm not. Yeah, I mean, I don't think so. I mean, we saw. Um, you know, a very similar thing out of Boston uh, between season one and season two. And yeah, it's, uh, I, I think they like to be able to, um, to, to build up rosters like out of nothing. And obviously uh, it's sort of a huck thing, I guess. Uh, but, but uh, yeah, I mean, you know, this is chance again, I guess, to, to try to do that uh, as they've got now, let's see. It's like, 15 or 20 former players probably now yeah um and so, so it's um yeah i mean they've got i mean fusions obviously good to keep on um axiom we didn't see very much of i don't think this past season really um color hex obviously another pretty solid um to keep on and yeah i guess now your your job is just to try to build around them again oh yeah um i didn't realize mistakes is now on the montreal rebellion uh, so he's back. I didn't realize that. That was effective. I believe it says he joined in July. So I'm way behind the curve there. Uh, but yeah, I was just looking at all these former players and where they've gone. Uh, last season, Striker, of course, 
was the big was the big name out of Boston that was dropped uh, and on the shock after that. Yeah, most of their former players are back in the league because they were pretty good. Um, Gamsu, Gamsu, of course, got traded, but Neko to to the defiant. Um, but then it seemed like everyone, like someone like Mistakes, needed a break after Boston. Um, I'm assuming. I mean, Aim God is probably the dude that's going to be somewhere for sure. Like Aim God's real good, uh, real good player. Uh, Kellex is great. Uh, I believe Alamo said that he wanted to take a break. Maybe I think I saw that somewhere. I think, yeah, I think I did too. Um, RCK. Yeah. That RCK note trade just like immediately falling through for both players. It seems, um, I think they're both going to be on new teams. Uh, so yeah, it should be interesting that I don't think the talent pool of players they dropped are as, as exciting as it was last year with striker, uh, but aim God is, is probably a pretty hot player on the market now. Uh, what do you, what do you think about the three they left over? Are these good enough players to build around? To, are these the players you would, you would have wanted them to keep? Um, it's a good question. I mean, um, with the possible exception of, um, somebody like RCK, I think, yeah, basically, uh, we, we, we know, um, obviously not quite as uh, uh, as beneficial for Boston maybe as he was for Dallas or as Note has been for Dallas, but uh, just for the consistency, I think that's it's um, would have been nice to see him around a little longer. Yeah, yeah, it definitely would have. RCK is, I think, a talented player. I think he. I think he it, it kind of just sucked for all the flex players towards the end of the season where uh the flex spot was essentially a main tank. Um so it it just all the all the flex players were like oh, well now I can't do that thing I usually do because that's not the meta. So they all just kind of fell into obscurity for a little bit if they couldn't play Sigma or Orisa. So um yeah. Yeah, I mean these three players are they got talent. They do. Um I think Fusions was more his his talents are most used when Reinhardt is in the meta. Uh which kind of stinks for that, but I think Color Hex is a very talented player. Same with Axiom. So uh three good players are obviously just gonna find a bunch of random players we don't know and we're gonna underestimate or whatever. Um classic Boston. Uh, yeah, on to Philadelphia, who, Joe, of course, you're a Philadelphia fan. If, yeah. If, if, if these people, oh. uh, been, <laughs> if, if these people haven't been listening, Joe's a Philadelphia fan. Um, and there's some big drops here. Neptuno, EQO, Elk, and Kib. Uh, I, I mean, obviously the one that probably is stinging the most is EQO, right? Yeah. I mean, it's. I think certainly the most surprising out of here. Well, well, I was gonna say he's most surprising. I don't even know. Um, <laughs> either EQ or Neptuno, I think for sure. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, I think Elk and Kib. Obviously, Elk was um, signed two ways with Fusion University, um, which I assume he's still playing for for FU. I actually don't know that for sure. Um, but and then Kib obviously brought over for or brought over from. Uh, going to charge. Uh, 
trying to think. I'm trying, trying to see. He is. Or he, he's. So he's an uh, He's listed former Fusion University, maybe. So we'll yeah. see. But um, uh, but yeah, Neptuno and EQO is, is super surprising. I mean, particularly if, um, although actually now that now that I see that, um, did I see somewhere? Yeah, that Carpe has been re-signed uh, for Philly. Yep. Uh, for I think for I think the next two seasons. Three. Um, three or three. Three even. years. There you go. Yeah. Uh, so so yeah, he's not going anywhere. But, um, but yeah, so in particularly in light of some of those rumors we, we heard about, you know, oh, Carpe's going to London, Carpe's going wherever, uh, it made EQOs more surprising. But uh, sure enough, no, Carpe's staying, so at least there'll be some kind of consistency there. But, uh, I, I mean, he was he was a really good addition for the team uh, uh, back in, I guess, season one is when he started uh, uh, coming in and sort of edged Shadowburn out in, in the projectile DPS role. But... Uh, uh, yeah, so I'm, surpri- I'm surprised to see him go to to an extent. Uh, you know, I'm sure they'll they'll have somebody come up to replace him, but uh, I, I can't imagine he'll uh, stay a free free agent for terribly long. I wouldn't think. Um, and then Neptuno, I mean, uh, it's the other other surprising uh, choice I think here with uh, uh, but playing lots of uh, Mercy. I mean, sort of his is sort of is his most uh, notable <laughs> hero that he's played for Philly, uh, just with all of the, um, the 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 fancy tricks and the the battle mercy and stuff that we've seen of him. But um, yeah, this is the other other surprising drop for me. Again, somebody's somebody's coming in, I'm sure. But um, with the two years of experience that um, that Boombox and Neptune have had together, you know, they've got to uh, try to replace that um, and replace that quickly. Um, hopefully with skill, but also just with with chemistry, and so this can be a a big thing for Philly in the off season, I guess, once they um, call somebody in to fill that role. Yeah, yeah, EQO and Neptuno, definitely the big names here. They've been they've been uh, with the Fusion since the beginning. So, and this lineup has basically stayed pretty consistent since the beginning too. Kib and Kib and Elk were were added um, pretty late to the process, but uh, EQO and Neptune, Neptuno. Uh, really, I was really surprised by EQL because EQL Carpe is probably the best part of this team. Um, so to see to see those that DPS line go away is it's kind of interesting. See that see those two separate. I definitely think EQL is going to sign somewhere somewhere else. He's super talented. Um, probably same with Neptuno. Um, but yeah, as you, I think the biggest news to come out of Philly this this week, even though it's so sad to lose those two, because I think Philly fans were expecting to lose Carpe too. Uh, so when you heard EQO was leaving, I think everyone was like in panic mode because it was like, we're losing everybody. Um, because all the rumors were Carpe to London, Carpe to London. Uh, but no, Carpe re-signs three years, uh, which is... Uh, unheard of in esports. Three years is a long time in esports for a contract. Uh, so, I mean, how how does it feel to have it? If it, it's got to feel great, Joe, to have a player like that on a team that's so talented and is also like, I love Philadelphia Fusion. I want to stay here for three years. Yeah, I mean, that's uh, uh, we sort of talked about when we've talked about Carpe in the past that. Um, 
that this uh, season two was sort of underwhelming uh, in in to a certain extent. I mean, obviously, uh, when you have your your Hiscan player playing Zarya, I mean that's not uh, uh, it's not super uh, <laughs> you know good to be able to show him off there. But um, yeah, to have that kind of commitment um, and and be able to have the potential to develop that kind of skill still um, is definitely a good thing. Uh, uh, you, you just got to see uh, if the, the meta tips in his favor, maybe a little bit more uh, or, or that sort of thing. But uh, definitely to have uh, not only that consistency, but uh, well, consistency and experience coming through, that's, I think, going to be a good thing. Yeah, uh, I I think this is a huge signing for Philadelphia. Absolutely, what they should be doing, even if Carpe had a worse year than I still think he had a good year. Uh, it just wasn't sure. as wasn't as great as the first year. Obviously, where Carpe basically carried them to the championship. So it wasn't an explosive year. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Um, but alongside Carpe, uh, they got Poco still. They got Sato and Boombox and Sanillo on a two-way with Fusion University. Uh, so can't play with five. So obviously sign him more. So we'll see who they get to replace Neptuno because they need some more supports. I don't know if they'll go with Sanillo or, or or try to find uh, some some more DPS. Obviously, they're probably going to try to find some more. Uh, so we'll we'll see uh, what what we have for Philadelphia Fusion going forward. I'm excited to see what they do with this team. I think one of the most exciting teams in both seasons to watch. Uh, and I, honestly, I really like what Fusion is doing with their with their roster and what um, and keep and signing Carpe for three years just like gained a lot of respect out of me. I was I, I really want to see more esports teams like get franchise players. Um, because that's that's something I love about sports is is those teams that just be like that guy is is Philadelphia Fusion. Carpe is Philadelphia Fusion, um, and he's going to lead this team for three years. So I like that move. Um, yeah, uh, probably the biggest move that everyone saw coming because there were rumors. I think the rumors started immediately after we were recorded last week, Joe. Um, Probably, yeah. So we did not get to say this on on the podcast last week, but ESPN uh, Jacob Wolf published an article last week that London was going to be trading profit and gesture. Their their two probably most famous best players who led them to a championship in season one to the Soul Dynasty. That has happened. It is a week later. That has officially now happened. The London Spitfire have traded. Uh, arguably, they're two best players. The the champ, the season one championship MVP profit alongside gesture to the Soul Dynasty, um, and the roster is essentially blown up now. Uh, yeah, so we have two teams to talk about here, Joe. Let's talk London first yeah. because they're the ones who who decided to ditch some some big money players here. Uh, who I imagine I, I don't know I guess they just don't want they there a lot of teams are are starting to go low budget I guess they are as well they've already lost let's see they've already lost bird ring nust guard this off season uh, now they lose their other DPS because profit and bird ring were their only DPS players in profit and then gesture as well they're left with fury Bedosian, krillin and quartermain a bunch of supports and a tank. 
Um, Joe, what, 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 what are they going to do? Are they just, is this a low budget team now? What are, what is happening? <laughs> I mean, it's, it's a good question. I mean, uh, a lot of the changes for, for London so far have been sort of confusing for me, honestly. I mean, uh, like you said, dropping bird ring. I was really surprised about guard, uh, when that happened just because of some of the, the flexibility we saw, uh, uh, from there, but yeah, now Jester and Prophet. I mean, uh, again, Jester uh, is literally the face of the team. Uh, particularly, I mean, the, the the London Championship Winston skin. I mean, is that, that's a Jester skin um, in in basically every respect. Um, and uh, then Prophet, obviously, uh, is super amazing DPS player. Was he the? Um, uh, Grand Finals MVP or was that Bird Ring? I forget. Uh, it was Profit. It was Profit. I there think. you go. Grand I Finals know, MVP season one. Uh, I feel like it was. Yeah. yeah. Um, but just crazy stuff. Um, but now all of a sudden, uh, uh, <laughs> yeah, losing all these players, and so you gotta assume, uh, you know, something something funky is going on. And in fact, now that I think about it, I didn't uh, record that at the time. But um, from some Twitter user, which is super specific, uh, I seem to recall um, hearing that London was was trying to go for a bunch of Element Mystic players uh, and, and trying to sign a bunch of them at once. Um, uh, but then, of course, now that's uh, so that's already happened, and it's going to be more difficult for him. But I mean, if that, if that's your strategy, if you're going to try to pick up. Uh, either a, an entire contenders team or, or a good chunk of a contenders team. I mean, that makes sense. Uh, and particularly, you're left with, what, three support players and a tank uh, now after some of these drops. But, uh, but yeah, I, I mean, I can't say I'm not surprised. Uh, you know, obviously, they, they didn't have a fantastic season, but, uh, you know, it's certainly better than... Uh, uh, it's certainly much better than it could have been, I mean. Um, uh, you know, a lot of that is due to these players. I mean, it's, it's a little bit surprising still. Yeah. Um, I mean, London and Seoul are two teams that, so they, they were the two teams that made it to the playoffs, uh, through, through that little wild card tournament to, to determine the last two spots. But I think they were in completely different situations. Whereas London being in the wild card tournament was, a bad thing because they had won the championship previously, but it was good for Seoul because um, they were a, a pretty underwhelming. They didn't make playoffs the year before, so making it this year was was huge for Seoul. Um, so they were in like opposite positions. So I think I think this is like London saying our expectations are higher than this. These guys underperformed, so we're going to sell them for probably loads of money. I imagine that they made a lot of money off of this deal. Um, enough money to sign some very, very nice players next next season. Whereas Seoul is just using this opportunity to say these two players are going to vastly improve our team um, and help us continue to climb the ladder and get better every year um their their roster is has a lot of players now joe um a lot of players yeah souls up to 12 and but a lot of really good players too uh profit and fleta that is 
That's a very good DPS line. Um, better than Prophet Bird Ring, for sure. Uh, those that that DPS line is arguably one of the best in the league. Jeez, really good. Um, and, and having Jester at tank, uh, they've they've had tank problems. They, of course, they started with Fissure last year, moved to Marvel, who I thought was fine. Fissure obviously had had some issues as he has he always has had um with the team selfish player unfortunately uh so i think gestures uh, definitely a, a good fit there too i expect to see both in the starting lineup huge huge players here um but do you, do you think these 12 are there are they fine of 12 are they gonna have to free up some some money here and get rid of some of these players I think they they could reasonably be uh, honestly. I mean, uh, especially like Soul um, season two. Obviously, ran with like the six and six and practically uh, practically duplicate rosters, right? That they could alternate uh, between, just depending on the needs of the team. Uh, and that's obviously with a with a twelve man roster. That's something they can continue to do. Um, you, you know, I suppose that's uh, partly has to do with. Uh, the, with the the coach that they end up with, it looks like they're currently without a, a head coach actually. Um, but, uh, uh, but, but but that's still possible. And I think again with the talent on the roster, it's definitely not uh, uh, definitely not unlikely and not uh, not uh, impossible. Not uh, going to be difficult for them necessarily to work that out, but. Uh, I mean, they they could drop they, they could drop some people, but um, they certainly don't need to at all. I, I think that this is still going to be a competitive roster, honestly. Season three. Yeah. Um. It's. I mean, there's a lot of talk currently about Ryu J Hong and Toby going other places. Um. And Ryu J Hong getting a lot of offers to go other places. Like I think Toby made comments on a stream maybe that Ryu J Hong's getting a lot of offers to go other places and he wants to be a package deal with Rio Jehong, but it's been hard because a lot of teams just want Rio Jehong. Um, so yeah, it seems like those two are maybe on their way out. Um, could be, I mean, I think if those two are on their way out, this team becomes less of a super team. Do you think this team's a super? So a lot of people are talking super teams and low budget teams specifically Bren, Sideshow, that whole caster and analyst group is is calling it the year of the super teams versus the low-budget teams. Would you consider this a super team, Joe, in, in its current state? Uh, I, I mean, I think there's still definitely room for, for upgrades. Same. Uh, you, you know, if that's something you wanted to go, if that's something you wanted to go for as uh, sole GM or that sort of thing. But uh, yeah, I would certainly, uh, certainly much rather call this uh, a, a super team than a uh, than a low yeah, budget yeah, team. Yeah. I mean, that's that's for sure. And so, I mean, certainly again, the way uh, the way things look now, too. I mean, it might end up being that um, uh, it might it might end up being you know in the future they do drop some people and whatever. But I mean, you, you've got basically all of the flexibility you need, honestly. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, in a roster like this that yeah I'm, I'm pretty impressed yeah same here um i mean this is i expected soul going into the year where everyone's finally moving to their hometowns soul is like one of the 
the teams that all the Korean players want to go to, right? Then they can just live in Seoul where, where, where they've been living. They can live in South Korea. They can stay home. Um, that's what they want to do. So it's, it's right now it's a very, it's probably, they probably have a very good advantage during the signing period to grab a bunch of good Korean players, uh, cause it is the only Korean team. So that's a nice little advantage for them there. I agree with you. I don't, I would definitely call it more of a super team than low budget. I don't necessarily want to call it a super team because I still think Seoul, besides Providence, I think Providence Jester are their best players now um, because I think Seoul was a little underwhelming um, in comparison to what they were supposed to be last season. Um, and we got to remember that Providence Jester were a little underwhelming last season too. So they weren't, they weren't up to their usual standard of, of play. So I'm I'm not going to join the soul hype train until I actually see them performing insanely well and destroying people like Shock and Titans uh, because uh, the names are big, but the performances were fine last season. Not not big. So we'll see. Um. All right, that's the big news. That's that's the big headliner probably, but uh don't don't stop listening though we still got tons more <laughs> yeah <laughs> um shanghai dragons young jin not the manager of o2 blast or whatever we were talking about earlier it's the bubble blast uh, or something, yeah. <laughs> yeah young jin um has been dropped from the shanghai dragons their flex player um yeah, this is, I think, the first drop of the offseason for Shanghai Dragons, first and only so far. So team mostly staying intact for now, besides Youngjin. Uh, but lots of rumors that Gamsu's gone. Yeah, that's true. Um, and this is, uh, I mean, is it certainly not as surprising as some of these other, other um, uh, drops that, uh, that we've seen so far, but it still is a little bit... Uh, I didn't expect it. I don't think. Um, I, I mean, I, I would have been more, uh, uh, more uh, expecting to see somebody like Dia, uh, Dia get dropped because Dia is still on this Shanghai roster. Uh, only, only season one um, uh, player. Is that true? Uh, not, not, quite the only, not quite the only season. What is? Yeah, yeah. Gagari was was end of Dia season and one. But uh, yeah, to see to see Dia um, going a different way, that would have been that would have made a little bit more sense to me. But uh, I mean, Young Jin obviously playing playing DPS, but also uh, some of the off tank, uh, obviously with with Gregory, that that was uh, super beneficial, I thought, for them uh, this past season. So, um, like I said, I'm a little bit uh, relatively surprised to to see him go, but. Uh, is the sort of player I imagine will probably get picked up somewhere else too, which is which is good. Yeah, yeah, definitely. I'm at, he he was a talented guy. I, I'd expect him to be picked up by someone else. Um, yeah, it's Shanghai mostly keeping. I'm I'm also surprised Diaz still on this on this roster. He's the only Chinese Chinese player left on the roster too. So uh, maybe just sticking around for that. But yeah, uh, interesting stuff. Uh, out of Shanghai, we'll, I'm, I'm imagine there's tons of uh, Gamsu rumors right now. I think Gamsu's to Dallas is the rumor 
So uh, we'll keep you guys updated on that, see if that comes true by next week. Um, but yeah, most of the roster is the, the same for now. Um, so uh, a bunch of L.A. Valiant stuff here, um, and a lot of it, uh, and two of these players have already found new teams. Uh, they dropped Agilities, who is currently not signed uh, by anybody, but the big rumor is he's going to Toronto with Kariv, Kariv who um, also got dropped by the LA Valiant, and he's gone to gone to the Toronto Defiant. Rumor is those two are joining each other in Toronto, um, and then LA Valiant also um, got rid of Space, who is going to the Los Angeles Gladiators. So a little bit of a rivalry change there. He's staying in LA, but for a different LA team. Um, the Gladiators have won this round of the Battle of LA during the offseason, Joe. Huge. Um, but yeah, so Space gone to LA Gladiators. Kareev to Toronto Defiant. Agilities most likely also to Toronto Defiant. A bunch of people are insinuating heavily on Twitter that would have the information that that's going to happen. Um, people like uh, Fionn, the esports writer, heavily insinuating that that's going to happen, um, but not actually coming out and saying that it is. So we'll probably see Agilities, the Canadian son on a Canadian team, Toronto Defiant. Um, but let's first, okay, let's first talk LA Valiant before we get into Toronto or LA Gladiators in this move. Um, Agilities, Kareev, Space, probably, besides Custa, probably three other players that are just like the main core of this team almost, it feels like, Joe. Um, so this is, uh, obviously Kareev was like their was their star player here at the end of the se- end of the season. It was like everyone, everyone was latching onto him because his honor was insane. Um, but, but space and agilities have been there for, uh, since the start and they've been fantastic. Uh, what do you, what do you, what do you think of these three leaving? How bad is it for, for LA Valiant? Yeah. Um, th- I would totally agree. Yeah. Kareev was basically, basically the LA Valiant player to watch. Uh, second half of the season, and yeah, so to uh, again to go back to this dichotomy of uh, the, the the not the winners and the losers, but the 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 power teams and the 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 low budget teams. I mean, I think this is definitely an LA Valiant um, team that is is seems like it's sort of downsizing and 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 that sort of thing. Uh, but again, I forget where I saw this on Twitter randomly, uh, but something about uh, that they're pretty. Uh, pretty low on money too, and so this is, um, you know, potentially a, um, a a way to take care of that kind of thing too. Uh, is is by getting some money some money off of these uh, really good players that they've got. But um, yeah, Kareev and Agilities, um, you, you know, potentially both of them for um, for Toronto is going to be interesting. Toronto actually currently has no tanks signed, uh, which <laughs> which is interesting, but. Uh, and obviously, neither of them will play will play tank either. But uh, yeah, but then yeah, looking at the core that we're left with on the LA Valley, and I mean, um, Custa, uh, KSF, and Shax, um, in fact, Fiction and McGravy. I mean, uh, not only are there obviously roster holes there, but <laughs> uh, 
<laughs> but uh, yeah, it's certainly not um, not not what you want to go into the season with as a an LA Valley fan. So yeah, hopefully they'll have more stuff um, uh, brought up, brought up for them for sure. But uh, yeah, so you, you got to assume they're not done, and obviously they're not done. But uh, I, I really want to see what uh, ends up happening with with this roster to see if they're able to sort of redeem themselves mm. after after lots of these changes yeah uh honestly even after the i mean they got rid of three insanely good players but even after these changes i still think they got i mean costa who i think is like the only player in the league who is considered like a team captain on liquipedia like i haven't seen anyone with like a crown next to their name and like literally under team information it says team captain costa Hong was for okay Seoul. okay um, makes sense. Makes much. sense. Yeah. Um, but also Shaq's suit impressed me a ton. And I think he went under the radar, most people's radars towards the end of the season, but he was really impressing me once that, once that two, two, two came in. Uh, I think he's a really talented player. So keeping Shaq's as well is nice. Uh, but yeah, overall for the Valiant, I think this makes sense. If you didn't know uh, immortals who owns the Los Angeles Valiant, um, has, recently picked their league they they now have a lcs spot league of legends and they also now have a call of duty world league spot they own the los angeles team uh they bought optic who used to own houston outlaws of course they're not allowed to own houston outlaws because they own the valiant um but optic did have that call of duty spot uh and they did have a league of legends spot so now they have a lot of teams on their plate joe and i think the there's a lot of money being put into the league of legends team and call of duty team because both of those teams are in their what's going to be a reboot for the immortals league of legends team and the first year of call of duty so i think they're heavily focused on those rosters and not this one um so that'll be it doesn't bode well for Valiant fans. So I'll, I'll say that as far as offseason pickups go, they're definitely going low budget Boston Uprising strategy um, with this one. Uh, yeah, let's move on to Toronto Defiant, who let's just assume, I just have to heavily assume here that Agility is going to be on Toronto Defiant. Kareev and Agility streamed together last night. Kareev called it the last duo ever. Uh, the last duo queue ever for those two, which obviously is a joke. Then they're they can play together still, Joe. They, I, I think he's teasing something. But um, as far as Toronto Defiant goes, they're uh, honestly their off season's looking pretty good so far. Uh, they they dropped a bunch of players who, I mean, they had a pretty awful end of the season. So I don't blame them for dropping a bunch of players. They picked up Kareev, who was extremely talented, to go alongside Neko, uh, Rokai, uh, in support. Uh, they still got Logic's Mangachu, Ivy, but apparently they're going to get uh, Agilities probably. And there's another rumor that Surefor might be coming to Toronto. All the Canadian players want to want to be on Canada, the Canada team. Um. So how uh, how was Toronto's off? Does it seem like they're trying to build a super team? Because it seems like it to me. I mean, certainly uh, with all the fancy DPS lineup that they're <laughs> that they're uh, going to have the potential of running. I mean, that's super exciting. Um, obviously, Kareev's played some in the past, but uh, Mangatree Logics and Ivy still on the roster, plus Agilities, plus Surefire potentially. I mean, I mean that's it's a lot of really big DPS names. Uh, for Toronto, I mean, and obviously they won't 
um, keep them all. Uh, uh, they, they won't keep them all on DPS for this roster, but um, again, they need some tanks. I don't know for sure where they're where they're going to get some tanks. <laughs> um, I mean, just, I'm trying to think about um, uh, who's been dropped. I mean, maybe Toronto Saints RCK. That would be uh, something. Mm. Or uh, they could they could take somebody like uh, Finzi or, or LH Cloudy potentially, uh, uh, which we haven't talked about yet. But uh, Paris dropped this week. Uh, yeah, they need tanks. They're going to have tons of DPS. Uh, but but certainly in the in the DPS line, uh, it's definitely going to be an upgrade. And to have that kind of flexibility uh, is going to be good. Obviously, I don't really want to see. Uh, uh, Magnitude and Logics in particular uh, leave this team quite yet. Uh, it, I mean, uh, IV's had huge contributions too. Uh, uh, but, you know, we'll kind of have to see how that goes, I think. But, uh, uh, but yeah, it's, it's certainly... Uh, this is certainly a, a DPS upgrade, though. Um, Toronto, absolutely. Yeah, I'm liking I'm liking the rumors so far. For as if if, if Surefour Agilities goes through, that's very nice for them. Um, Surefour and Agilities have of course been playing together on that Toronto World Cup team every year, uh, and Mangachu too, I believe. So uh, that DPS core, that the Canadian DPS core would be very nice to have for them. Uh, and I'm liking the pickup so far for them. So the roster's already looking better for for Toronto to find in the offseason. That's nice. Um, we've got some gladiators news later, so let's just talk about space to gladiators a bit later. Uh, before you just mentioned Paris dropping Finzi, Danye, LH Cloudy, Shadowburn, and then this morning we had some big news. Let's just talk about it alongside those droppings. Um, Sparkle, Element Mystic Sparkle, uh, has signed to probably the team least likely alongside like Chengdu Hunters to sign sparkle is the paris eternal who full they were the big eu boys and now they're like you know what that uh the, I, i've been listening down the flank and that john and joe they make they make a good point maybe 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 an eu team is just not that good while it does please the fans uh we weren't too good last year <laughs> um maybe we should pick up some good players and they have joe in sparkle and they Alongside with that, they got uh, Sparkle's head coach from Element Mystic, Rush, who is now the Paris Eternals head coach. So do you think they're going less EU? Do you expect more Element Mystic players to come? More Korean players at least here, Joe? I mean, how much does this excite you for the Paris Eternal? A lot to talk about here. Yeah, it's... Uh, I mean, uh, obviously... Well, not obviously, but I think... Uh, it's almost a bigger deal uh, for me to have um, this new coaching, uh, new new coaching position uh, to, to to bring in Rush for uh, uh, to bring Rush for Parish uh, than Sparkle, which is which is crazy. But <laughs> obviously, Sparkle is a super good projectile DPS player. Um, Element Mystic just won the Contenders Gauntlet, super awesome. Uh, but uh, uh, yeah, so so Sparkle coming in is great because all of a sudden, sort of the barrier has been broken, so to speak, and and we've got um, legitimate reasons and, and the ability to um, uh, to be able to to add more uh, non 
uh, European players, which is awesome. I think there are there are definitely non-European players who would be upgrades uh, over different parts of this roster for sure. I think partly, or particularly the um, support line, I would have to say. Uh, we got uh, Hip and Cruz in gray right now. But, uh, uh, yeah, so not only bringing in this fancy head coach, they've had lots of coaching problems in the past. I know uh, uh, Kai Kai was there for a while, uh, which... Uh, isn't super well respected by the community. I think it's fair to say, uh, uh, having what should be a really solid head coach now, but also like again, uh, Sparkle and DPS. I think is better than sooner or better than soon and Nico for sure, uh, which is not super surprising to say. But uh, and yeah, being able to to have that option now, I think is 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 gonna. Uh, it's going to result in a, in a Paris that's much better than they are. Yeah, uh, than they are now, than they were season two. Oh yeah, um, I'm just absolutely so. Also, alongside Rush, they have picked up two other assistant coaches. Aid, former Toronto Defi- Toronto Defiant player, actually not coach, um, and then uh, Levy. Um, I was just looking him up earlier. I cannot remember what he used to be at. It's formerly Shanghai. Shanghai. Yes, Shanghai assistant coach. Um, so they they're they've got some Korean everything now because they also nine K was who they who they got previously a week before this. So, Joe, I've gained so much respect for this team this past week. Because I, as we know from this podcast, I have very little respect for any team who region locks their team um, and won't won't let any other region into their team because they want to they want to be this certain region. They want to have players from this region. I think that's not flexible. I think that's an awful strategy, especially when you're. It's it's more reasonable for. Maybe someone like Chengdu, or, or obviously, if you're if you want your whole team to be Korean because Korean players are very good, but if you're if you're region locking your team to a region that has been very underwhelming, um, I have very little respect for your team because you're 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 pandering to the fans who were like, I like London, but they're just a bunch of Koreans, and I don't like that, and I hate that we won the championship. Like I hated those fans so much. I was like, you guys won and you are, you're being little babies about it. Um, and Paris was like, well, we'll be that European team. And they were that European team that got 14th place. So I really hope they enjoyed that. It's time to move on. And I've seen good response. I've seen good responses in like the Twitter, Twitter responses to the sparkle pickup have all been, there have been a bunch of, according to Google or according to Twitter translations, a bunch of French fans that are super excited about this. And I'm super happy about that. That people have finally realized, Oh, region locking our team is not a good idea. Like, um, it just, I, I didn't, I never understood the people who were like, uh, we're the Paris team. I only want Paris people. Like if they're not good enough, then your team's going to be bad. Like you just need to open, open the whole world up here. And that's what they're doing. And I'm already super impressed with it. Uh, And I expect more to come. Like you're saying now that rush is head coach. Like I, I would not be surprised if a bunch of other element mystic players are heading to Paris now. Like that's, that's crazy. Uh, Because before this morning, I thought Paris was going to have a fine off season at best. And now I'm very impressed. 
Okay. There's my little Paris rant of the day. Um, next is, uh, uh, there's a side, so sideshow and Bren and their streams, um, these past weeks have been, they've been little leaker leaker boys. Um, and talking a lot. I mean, Sideshow and Bren have both been talking a lot about the low budget super team. Uh, I think Bren said that like 75% of the league is going to go low budget this year. Um, which I would have to look at to see how accurate that is. And so far in the signings, because a lot of, a lot of the signings so far have been big signings. It seems, um, but a lot of these rumors that Sideshow mentioned in this in this article that Joe has graciously linked have been have been true. Um, like space space uh, has gone to the L.A. Gladiators, L.A. Valiant looking to cut costs, which is what it seems like. Kareev going to Toronto Defiant, Surefor going to Toronto Defiant. As something he has also said, he said OG uh, Dallas Fuel Main Tank going to the Gladiators, Gamsu. Uh, going to the Dallas Fuel. And Dallas Fuel was also looking for Custa back. They wanted Custa back, but LA Valley was like, nah, that's our captain. Um, but they apparently, the LA team viewed the deal as being too expensive. So apparently, maybe they were, it was closer for Custa, and maybe they also had to give up money for closer. I don't know. Um, so lots of what do you I mean, all these rumors are probably true, right? They've been true so far. Yeah, that's a good a good chunk of them have already. I mean, uh, uh, curved to Toronto. That's that's true. Space to Gladiators. That's true. Um, yeah. So other things we can expect uh, with Gansu to Dallas, OGE to Gladiators. I mean, uh, it's, it's certainly not um, outside the realm of possibility. Is is fair to say, um, and uh, and some of them really do make sense. I think too. Uh, uh, and you know, you can throw in the the bit from that uh, from that clip about Neptuno saying, "Oh." Uh, um, or I forget where he said he was trialing for some team, uh, but they they didn't give him uh, they didn't give him a position because he was too toxic apparently. <laughs> um, but then I, but then I think it was after that that stream came out that then that that was when he was officially revealed to have been dropped. Uh, and sure enough, he is a free agent now looking for a team. But uh, anyway, it's just stuff like that that I think uh, it, it does seem to make. Uh, it does does seem that a lot of these things are legit, uh, which just makes it all the more interesting to see uh, you know when some of those things are going to come up. Well, because in fact, um, wasn't it? Um, I think when when Kareev was announced to be signed to Toronto, I think one of the the Twitter replies was like Custa uh, being like "You're welcome, bro" or something because okay. because <laughs> he had already uh, made that public. Mm-hmm. Uh, but uh, it seems pretty legit to me. I mean, it's just a matter of when all this is going to come out officially. Yeah, uh, it is nice that it seems like the journal journalistic people of Overwatch League are are leaking like crazy this offseason. There are tons of leaks, um, and that pushes the teams to not be secretive about it, of course, and come out and say what's happening, which is nice. Um, but yeah, I, I'm liking how we're getting a bunch of rumors. Rumors are the best. I, I love rumors. Um, 
especially just from like from sideshow brand people like this who are basically involved in with the league and they're leaking it seems like they're leaking the most um so that's that's always fun um bunch of people re-signed we already talked carpe three years we we talked about that earlier super exciting boink re-signed with houston um but let's talk la gladiators now who of course we last week as a gladiators fan a little bit worried uh because our team was not as complete Depay pay re-signing as as the coach and general manager super exciting for for me i was like okay that that's a sign to me that a lot of a lot of people are going to be staying at least um so far they just re-signed shaz and big goose which is absolutely huge my opinion one of the best support lines in the league uh of course roar is gone um and hydration is now gone and sure for according to sideshow's rumors there he's also probably going to be gone um but they got space this week how is this uh gladiators lineup looking to you currently um right now their starting lineup would basically be decay um and then he got space uh who else space uh og that's who i was thinking of OG's the is the rumored person to come in alongside space and then big goose and shaz uh how are those five looking to you joe without taking taking into consideration that they're obviously going to sign another dps player if surefor does come back yeah i think um um I think OG probably is an upgrade over Roar. Um, well, yeah, Roar for sure. I was I was trying to see who else um, from, from still on the roster. I mean, I guess Panker is their only main tank because like Void is yeah. uh, Void's off tank as I recall. But um, we, we, yeah, OG is certainly be an upgrade over that. I think is fair to say. So it would make sense to bring somebody in for that. Um, uh, OG space together. I mean, we haven't obviously seen that, uh, but there's no reason that couldn't work necessarily. I don't think. Uh, Shaz Big Goose uh, Ripa there as a, a third support player. I think that's that's awesome. You know, they've been super consistent, like up up on uh, on par with like uh, Boombox Neptuno for Philly as far as like su- just support lines you can count on, uh, which is good. Um, and then yeah, D- decay for DPS. If sure four stays, that's one thing. If he doesn't, obviously you got to bring in somebody else. Um, and I-, I imagine they'll probably go from contenders again. I would think, mm-hmm. um, th- like they did with decay this past year, and, and pull up somebody, uh, pull up somebody who who can take that sort of uh, main DPS hit scan type role um, and run with it. But, um, but it- it's certainly looking up. Obviously, they're not done. For sure, they're not done um, with some of the changes that they make, but um, these initial ones and initial rumored ones are, are sounding promising enough. Yeah, uh, I I messaged you this week, super excited about this potential lineup. I think OG's a, I think both Space and OG's a, a fairly good upgrade over um, Void, over Void Roar, um, who I was both not too impressed with so i think right now maybe Vo- so void sure for and i think ripa are all looking for new teams basically um so they're still technically not gone yet but they're just they're searching for new options um 
So uh, yeah, I think those two tank line, definitely an upgrade. I'm super glad Shaz and Big Goose are staying out of out of the three DPS. I think Decay is the most important one to stay. Although uh, if Surefour leaves, definitely one that says extreme flexibility. Um, so so far, just tank line much better, which I'm super happy about. And I think we could find somebody to replace sure for pretty easily. I don't think as big of a name as decay was because that cost them a lot of money and I'm sure is going to cost them a lot of money if they resign him. Of course, he's still team option. He's not, he's not officially been team option resigned for another year or whatever. So we'll see if decay stays too, but I, I like him staying, please, please keep him. Um, and then, and then get maybe, maybe not as big of a name here. Um, it seems like as far as the runaway team goes this this year, it seems like all the first rumor was Florida was Florida Mayhem was going to sign all of them. But now more offers are coming in and runaway was like, wait a second, let us rethink um, because we're getting a bunch of offers from other teams, not as a full team, but separate offers for just individual players. Um so we'll see where Runaway goes if they're gonna do a full team signing like like the Titans did, or if they're just gonna all separate. So that'll be interesting to see. Um, Absolutely, yeah. We got some we got some uh, assistant coaches signed for London. Um, is that awesome guy, Pavani? Um, lots of London people coming in as an assistant coach. Yeah. Uh, so was wait that was Pavan was the head coach of NYXL, and now he's an assistant yeah. coach of London. Yep. And uh, apparently, um, again, I remember reading somewhere that that was like intentional for him. Like he didn't want to be a head coach anymore. Mm. Um, so he, he took an assistant assistant position at London now. Um, and then yeah, SNT awesome guy. Or SNT, which is his name, he used to be awesome guy, um, also assistant coach for London, but formerly uh, player for Florida Mayhem. Mm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, that's, that's where we remember him oh, last. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Um, and then Agape, who was London's assistant coach, has now been bumped up to head coach. Uh, so, so a little bit of a, a little bit of a improvement there for him. A little bit of a <coughs> of a, a raise in. Um, and his responsibilities. We'll see how good he does. Um, but yeah, I think that's, did we cover it all Joe besides as far as signings go? Of course we've got, got some BlizzCon stuff too. What, what, what an off season episode it's been. (laughs) Yeah. It's, it's, uh, it was longer than our last episode. Just talking about roster changes. Yeah. Oh my goodness. (laughs) Keep them coming. I mean, there, there's, there's still a lot to come. There's still a lot to come. Absolutely. Uh, but yeah, the BlizzCon schedule has been revealed. Um, so we got some... Did the Has the format been revealed, Joe? That's my question for the Overwatch um, World Cup. Has it been... Uh, as, far as, the, not as far as the prelims go. I don't, I don't think specifically. Or maybe it's like a... Because I think that was from the original announcement that they're like seeding everybody, and then it's some kind of seeded tournament for the prelims okay. to see who makes the group stages. Okay, so the prelims are October thirty first, which is a week 
from today at 1230 Eastern, um, which is almost exactly a week from today of us recording it. Um, and for 12, so for 12 hours, the prelims are going to be happening 12 plus hours, which makes sense because there are like 40 something teams, um, competing to, I believe, get five spots in the actual overwatch world cup, um, group stage. So yeah, lots, lots going to be happening, uh, a week from today and we don't even know the format yet or the bracket or what's going to be happening. <laughs> I'm assuming we'll find that out next week. I think Blizzard wants to avoid talking about most things BlizzCon as much as they can right now because of all of the bad press on them. So we'll probably get that last second, basically. I, I imagine the players know what's going to be happening already. I think they're just trying not to be public with a lot of things currently. Um... And then we move into Friday, November 1st, which is the first day of BlizzCon. Um, and the opening ceremonies start at 2 Eastern. And then an hour later, the group stage starts for... Uh, and Friday is all group stage stuff. Multiple matches happening at once at the same time. I don't know if all of them are going to be streamed or not. Um, so we'll, we'll see how that works. And then... Uh, whoever makes it out of the group stage. Do we know how many teams make it out of the group stage? I assume they'll go to an 18 playoff like they have in the past. Uh, uh, I can't tell from this bracket on Liquipedia. I currently cannot. I think six. Yeah, I think six teams. Um, and the top two teams of each group get a bye is what it looks like. Um, so six teams make it out of the group stage into into that playoff instead of eight, which we usually get, like Joe just mentioned. Um, and then on Saturday, that will be what we watch is uh, the playoffs play out in full. Um, and it says from 1 Eastern to midnight. Uh, so that'll be fun. And then we get, um, is that... Oh, we get a 2020 Overwatch League watch point preview. Is that at 1 p.m. Eastern, not 1 a.m., I'm assuming? Yeah, yeah, no, yeah, 1 so, p.m. So right at the same time as when playoffs okay. start. Um, so we'll get... Uh, we had one of these last year, too, didn't we? That, like, announced something. What did it announce? That, that sounds right. Yeah. It just, I remember for sure. It was just, like, a recap of the off season last year because we had, like, eight new teams. So they were like, oh, here are all the new teams and all the players, and we'll introduce you to all of them to, to, for the more of the casual fans who aren't keeping up in the off season. Yeah, well, and the, the season was... Um, uh, it had been over for longer, too, by the Yeah, then. that's why it's interesting to me that it's happening now <laughs> because the off season. I don't think the off season is going to be... It's going to be like halfway over, basically, not even halfway over. Um, so I guess they'll just keep people caught up on what's happened so far. And then a lot more is going to happen before the season starts. So I imagine they'll have another watch point at some point. Um, so it's interesting to me that this is happening now. Um, and then the Overwatch Blizzard panels at 415. Of course, they're going to announce whatever new content they have for Overwatch um on friday at the opening ceremony stuff um which they do every year and apparently this year overwatch 2 is going to be happening joe according to rumors so that could be pretty big it's it sounds pretty big i guess um it's true which we still haven't talked about but maybe we will 
uh, next week, I guess. <laughs> yeah. Um, hopefully less happens so we can, because honestly, the Overwatch 2 rumors, if you haven't seen any of them, actually did excite me a lot. Uh, could be interesting. Well, the, I was say, honestly, the uh, uh, basically next week is the only time we can talk about that. So, yes, <laughs> expect our Overwatch 2 predictions next week. I think it's yeah. fair to say. I imagine we'll do like full BlizzCon <laughs> predictions. I mean, it'll be interesting if if the rumors for Overwatch 2 are true and it is basically replaced because at first Overwatch 2 was just like, oh, this is like story mode, Overwatch story mode. Um, but now the rumors are this is just completely replacing Overwatch. Um, so it'll be interesting to make predictions on when it'll come out and like, do they still announce like like they do every year a new Overwatch hero and a new Overwatch map and like how weird that they're what they're gonna do. It'll be interesting to predict. So I'm I'll, I'll be excited for, to hear your predictions, Joe. On what the what is going to happen? Absolutely, and that'll that'll all be next week. Yeah, um, there was a PTR patch. As far as I remember, it was just workshop and bug fix stuff. Anything important, Joe? Um, yeah, no. So that was entirely um, entirely bug fixes and stuff, which was interesting. Um, not a balance patch, but uh, high precision mouse input is a thing now. Oh. You can use your mouse's native polling rate when determining exactly where to shoot. I don't know what that means, but um, that's the thing that exists. Um, and then, yeah, a bunch of workshop improvements. Uh, basically, the only hero changes was uh, Maze Ice Wall, Baptiste Immortality Field, and Sigma's Gravitic Flux will now more heavily prefer edges over placing as far away as possible. Hmm. Um which Ice Wall makes sense, Gravity Flux makes sense because they've got like the targeting thing on the ground. Immortality Field is interesting because it doesn't have a targeting thing on the ground. You Shoot just, it. Um, whatever. You just yeah. throw that out. <laughs> yeah, so I assume what that means is that if you aim it like right next to a corner or something, it'll tend to um, be stopped by the corner and land just behind the corner rather than shoot past mm. it. Okay. Uh, because the, like, the general strategy usually with that is you want to get it behind a corner or behind a wall or something yeah. so that it's harder to hit. But um, I assume that's what that means. I haven't actually checked yet. But Yeah. Uh, okay. Yeah. This uh, All these PTR patches make me think Overwatch 2 is also going to be happening because they don't seem to be changing anything. Um, so we'll, we'll see. Yeah, that's anything else. What a what a jam packed show. Jeez, um, the off season delivers as always, Joe. Um, esports. Uh, anything else to say? Ah, <laughs> uh, yeah, no, I think that's about it. All right, so, all right. Nice, good show. Yeah, today. great show. Thanks, thank you to Joe for for organizing this super well in our in our Google Doc sheet. Appreciated a ton. Um, yeah. Fantastic week. Um, so if you want to follow us on social media, our personal Twitter accounts, mine is at JWGeorgeIV. Joe's is at Kirkpatrick underscore Inc. That's I-N-C. We have a show Twitter at On The Flank Show. You can email us on the flank show at gmail.com or tweet at us if you have any topics you'd like us to talk about, any questions, any corrections on the show, because sometimes we get things wrong. You're listening to this in one way. If you want to listen to it in a different way, you can go on hyphen the hyphen flank dot pinecast dot co. 
my personal YouTube channel, which is John George. You're most likely going to find that on my Twitter. We're on iTunes. We're on Apple Podcasts. We're on Spotify. And we're on Google Play. Thanks for listening and uh, enjoy that off-season heat.